0: Welcome to the OU Presents the Jewish Reaction. No, I'm not Ellie Hagler. Let me just get that out there right up front. My name is Mayor Ferdig. Ellie Hagler is the... uh is the Assistant Director of Yachad and the usual host of the OU Presents the Jewish Reaction on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am the Chief Communications Officer of the OU, so I guess I'll have to do as a substitute for today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the program, and thank you for tuning into the Nachum Siegel Network, and I hope you're doing that all week long. There's always great stuff here as, in addition to the Jewish Reaction. Our guest today is Deborah Berman, who is the Director of Social Work for Yachad, and the National Jewish Council on Disabilities, and uh, we're glad to have her. Hello, Deborah.
1: Hey, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. You know, it, people uh, people tuning in now and hearing that this program is going to be discussing uh, whatever it's going to be discussing with a guest from Yahad might be surprised to know that really the first thing we're going to talk about is your other other persona. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, what I'm getting at here is that I, I found out recently in conversation with Deborah, who is, of course, my colleague here at the OU, that in addition to being the, uh, the director of social work for Yahad. Uh, she is also an experienced voiceover artist. I am. And a jingle singer. I am. That's fantastic.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So,
0: how did you get into that?
1: Well, let's see. Um, I think the the really short answer is I needed the money. Um, <laughs> at the time, I was a professional um, opera singer and really? Shakespearean actor. Yes, I was classically trained uh, in theater at the Folger Shakespeare Theater in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And I'm a graduate of the Neighborhood Playhouse School of the Theater here in New York. And I did a stint at wow. CalArts, Arts. Um, and I. Studied I I studied voice at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., which is my hometown. Uh, So I was really doing some great, beautiful operas and wonderful Shakespearean plays, and yet... Don't exactly really make a living off of that most of the right, time. So right. you know, I was started to get into commercial work. I ended up mm-hmm. getting a commercial agent, who started putting my voice, my singing voice, out there. So mm-hmm. I ended up doing jingles, um, for the E Entertainment Network in its uh, in its infancy. Really? Yes. How
0: long ago was that?
1: Um, years ago. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a few. I would say it's probably about 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did the jingles for shows on style, fashion, and cooking, and then I also also did voiceovers for some of their lead-ins and their uh, their special news bulletins on the E network. Oh really? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and also uh, I got into um, doing uh, voiceovers for um, a, a resort chain that was very cheesy. It's now out of business, but it was. Um, what was it called? You know, I can't for the life of me even remember. Not it. Mount Airy Lodge. No, no. I think that's still around, isn't it? I don't think so. Okay, the beautiful Mount Airy yeah, Lodge. Right. No, I didn't do that, but I wish I had.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I also did uh, some commercials. In the Washington, D.C. area, and um, yeah, did, so... Did
0: you ever have any national spots?
1: I did. Actually, I acted in television commercials nationally and did voiceovers nationally for Cadillac. Really? Yes. I was the That's voice of deal. Cadillac, yes. Um, and I was in yeah. some TV commercials with Bill Parcells, mm-hmm. um, where I played, I played, guess what, an opera singer... Um, outside of Carnegie Hall with Bill Parcells yeah. and we're walking down the street and we're walking towards his Cadillac and then it just shows me and him driving around New York City doing all sorts of touristy things together <laughs> and I'm still in my opera getup with, you know, the <laughs> horns, okay? <laughs> and 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 braids. So, That's um,
0: fantastic.
1: It's living. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is fantastic. You're listening to The Jewish Reaction. The OU presents The Jewish Reaction to be specific on the Nahum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Furtig. I'm the Chief, uh, Chief Communications Officer of the OU filling in for Ellie Hagler today, who usually has the uh, privilege and pleasure of hosting this program. My guest is Deborah Berman. She's the Director of Social Work for Yachad, the National Jewish Council on Disabilities and how um, how did you find it as a woman working in the voiceover field? Has that been a traditionally male-dominated field? It
1: is a very male-dominated field. Um, I had to fight extra hard. In a world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. right. I had to fight very hard for work. I had an excellent agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are ten times as many jobs for men as there are for women. I was just very lucky, um, and one job led to another, to another, to another. So I could really support myself um, doing commercial work, but at night play Lady Macbeth on a stage. Right you know so it worked out really well for me it was fantastic and um and then i became a mild mannered social worker right how, So how did that transition take place that's an interesting question um i it came to a point in my life where I became very interested in social justice, um, and became very, very active, uh, on the community level, um, with various, um, issues, uh, healthcare issues and, um, medical issues and women's issues. And I really, and all in the Jewish community, mm-hmm. um, and really became involved in that and loved it. I, I felt that I had really found my calling. Uh, but what was nice is I was still doing you know commercial work, so right. I was able to put myself through school. Um, you put
0: yourself through college. I did. I
1: put myself through college from uh, the, the money that I was making off of uh, residuals and TV commercials and such. And I did. Fantastic. and I Got a degree in Jewish studies from Hunter College, and mm-hmm. my emphasis was in uh, Jewish uh, social justice movements of the 20th century. So it worked out really well.
0: Very interesting. So from there, you you were actually. If I remember correctly, you were actually an intern at Yachad once upon a time. I was
1: an intern at Yachad. When I was a Columbia University School of Social Work student, I was placed at random at Yachad. And I was... I was so nervous. I, I thought, well, you know, no one's going to like me. What am I doing? I don't want to be a clinician. I'm going to have to work with people. I work with mm-hmm. groups. I'm in social justice organizing. Right. I started did concert organizing for raising money for social justice right. causes.
0: As opposed to working with the disabled, you mean?
1: Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Or individuals. I was working with right. groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my husband, who's a very, very wise person, said, Deborah, get over it." And, <laughs> and uh, very pragmatic. He's a very he's a, he's an attorney. He's he gets right to the point. Um, and you know, he was right. Um, I ended up going to coming to Yachad for my internship within three months. I had changed my uh, focus from uh community-based work and social justice organizing and turned it to clinical work and really went into the disability field and it's, it's really just positively, uh, impacted the rest of my career. Um, so, uh, when I graduated, I actually ended up going into the hospital field, uh, in mental health. So I worked in inpatient and outpatient mental health and then I became the chief of the behavioral health program at Interfaith Hospital, um, for some time which was really wonderful but i wanted to come back to yachad i I think i begged to come back here i really did because really yachad is very person-centered um it's not you know running around and scrambling for services it's Mm -hmm. let's focus our services and get them to people who need it and that's what i really wanted so i came back here two years ago dr lichman uh was very kind and hired me to be uh, the director of social work and here i am
0: fascinating i have to tell you that for me coming to the ou you know um to do communications and to to run that department there were a lot of things i knew about the ou and a lot of things i kind of had heard of and then of course there were things that i've learned along the way all sorts of different things but but you know NCSY is one of those things that i knew about the ou uh the fact that you know there are all these programs for teens and for for collegiates and you know after all that stuff but Yachad was just something I'd kind of heard of in passing. Mm-hmm. You know, there'd been a Yachad Shabbaton in my shul, I'd heard of Yachad. I gathered that there was a connection, but it never occurred to me that well, first and foremost, that that the that that Yachad is one of the primary organizations of of, of the Orthodox Union. Oh,
1: absolutely, and we're the only uh, global organization um, that serves the Jewish community for uh, disability services. Right,
0: so that's a perfect example of something that I did not know, and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily even today be able to spit it out to you like that, but I'm able, obviously, in the course of what I do, to explain to people what Yachad does, and um, it's more importantly than that for me has been actually seeing what Yahad does.
1: Let me tell you. And y- it's remarkable. Oh, oh, Yahad is incredible. It's, first of all, it's a wonderful place to work mm-hmm. because it's full of like-minded, energetic people who are seriously committed to the advancement of uh, disability inclusion, not just locally, but globally. Right. Um, and so, you, you, first of all, you must be very dedicated to go into this field. Um, there's a lot of work to be done because, look, the right. disability rights movement really is still in its infancy um, across you know the wider you know the wider U.S. and mm-hmm. the world across all religions and all, um, all cult- cultures. So we're really still you know we're still fighting the fight. Definitely in the Jewish community, we've we've come a really long way, a really long way. However, we're still in the middle of it. And we have a very, very long way to go. And what Yachad really does is we have so many community-based services and programs that if someone out there has a disability, is related to somebody with a disability, or wants to learn more about disability, they can call me. We will make it happen.
0: That's great. We have a lot more to talk about with Yachad. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a couple of things in particular I'd like to touch on today. Um, but we're going to take a break. We're going to play some music. It is the sixth day of Hanukkah, after all. So uh, we're going to hear uh, from Idan. This is called Eight Days. This is a song that, if you, if you know this, uh, this boy Edan from Chicago, who was on, who was on the uh, the national TV show, for yes. singing for the first time, yes. you know, singing with the yarmulke, rather. Yes. And um, he's
1: fabulous. He's wonderful.
0: He, he's a very talented kid. Yeah. And he just put out a an original piece of music in time for Hanukkah it's perfectly pop produced I mean if you if you hear it you'll hear that uh it is it is perfectly calibrated to the pop market and I found out the other day that this kid has been in the last week interviewed on Ellen they did a whole video of, you know a whole video piece on him for the show amazing and that story got picked up on yahoo did it really? Yeah, so he's having a good week. Good for him. Yeah. Anyway, he sure deserves it. On the OU Presents, the Jewish Reaction on the Nahum Siegel Network, here is E. Don. The city's walls
1: are
2: blazing. Dreams are
3: fading out of you. The ground beneath us is shaking. Cold and cruel, but through the dark and bright glow,
2: resistance from the shadow. as we see
0: and give it's the OU Presents, the Jewish Reaction, and that was Don on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hello, everybody. My name is Mayer Fertig. I'm filling in for Ellie Hagler today on the Jewish Reaction. Ellie is the assistant director of Yachad, usually has the pleasure and the responsibility of hosting this program on behalf of the OU. Um, I'm the chief communications officer of the OU, and uh, Ellie's uh, off today, so here I am. My guest is Deborah Berman. She is the uh, director of social work for Yachad. But we'll get back to our conversation with Deborah in just a minute. But first, something a little unusual for our show. Um, we got a. Uh, I got an email a little earlier from Miriam Wallach, who's the general manager of the Nahum Siegel Network, and she said, "So, how'd you like to give away some Shabbos lamps? Some Shabbos lamps. That's kind of random, but the answer is, uh, I said yes. Why not? And uh, can I have one? Are you familiar with? Do you know what a Shabbos lamp is? A Shabbos lamp is a a device." That it's it's a lamp. It's in fact the new model is very bright. I have one in my kids' room, and um, it allows you to safely cover and uncover the light without turning it on and off on Shabbos. Ah! Very very clever. Sounds useful. Um, you can't, of course, cover a real lamp. It's a terrible fire hazard. Um, this is actually engineered to be able to safely block the light or uncover the light. It's very interesting. It's, brilliant. That is, it's from a company yeah. called uh, Kosher Innovations. Very nice. And uh, we are going to give away a kosher lamp to the third emailer, to Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. We will schlep Miriam Wallach into this little proceeding and uh, send an email to Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. And the third person to send her an email will receive... A kosher lamp. And please remember that there is really only one real kosher lamp for Shabbos, and it's made by Kosher Innovation. So don't be fooled by cheap imitations. We have the real McCoy to give away. So email number three to Miriam at com. Let's continue our conversation with the fascinating Deborah Berman, who is the Director of Social Work for Yachad, the National Jewish Council on Disabilities. We were starting to talk, Deborah, about... Yachad in general, there's something very interesting that just came out of uh, the Yachad office that I wanted to talk to you about. It's a program called Hinenu. Yes. And it is, we're going to explain what it is, of course, but it's, um, it's very ambitious. It's, uh, in one small sense, very risky because, yes. because it has the potential to, to ruffle feathers of some people who don't necessarily see the big picture of disabilities, but see a bigger picture of, you know, sort of, Very, very sensitive nerves concerning um, different parts of the Jewish community. Indeed, Uh, there's all all sorts of potential here, but the real potential is to make a a material, objective difference in in the experience that people, that Jewish people of all sorts, have when they walk into a shul. So, what's Hinenu?
1: So, Hinenu actually is an historic. An historic initiative. There's Mm -hmm. been nothing done like this before. What Hinenu is, in a nutshell, is uh, the four major Jewish movements. You have Orthodox, you've got Conservative, Reform and Reconstructionist. We are formally getting our leadership together to address disability inclusion on the synagogue level. This has never been done before. It's never happened where all four movements got together to address it on the synagogue level. So first, let me just tell you what it's not, before Mm -hmm. I get into what it is. What it is not is a cultural exchange program. It's just not that. It's not like I'm going to go into a Reconstructionist shul and tell them how to do their disability inclusion, nor is a Reform rabbi going to come here to the OU and say how they think we should do it. No, no. What it is is... Everyone does what they feel is right for their own communities and for their own movements. Um, but what we do is we pick similar initiatives to be done in all four, in all four stripes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this, and how it's carried out is, is up to each movement and how they want to do it and the leadership and, right. and participants. So focusing on synagogue-based inclusion is super important because really, where does inclusion for Judaism, start on the synagogue level. If sure. there are people in the community who have disabilities or are related to somebody with any type of disability, um, they may not feel very welcome at a synagogue. I don't know if you've ever walked into a synagogue that's not your own. It can feel pretty weird. Yes. Okay. It can. So, yeah. So if you have a disability um, and you uh, walk into a synagogue, you know people may have had very bad experiences um, of feeling left out, ignored. Uh, maybe it's not accessible and they actually can't get into the building. Right. Um, so what's really happening is. We, the, the four, the four movements got together and we said, look, we're losing Jews. We're losing Jews because of lack of outreach on the synagogue level. And people with disabilities are unwittingly being perth- pushed out of their birthright and this absolutely has to this stop. This is
0: way beyond the scope even of what's been discussed in the Pew Report and, and yeah. all the other issues facing Judaism organized and, you yeah. know, organized Judaism. This is this is people who want to be there, yes, and don't necessarily have the opportunity,
1: or they assume that they're not going to be welcome, or maybe they don't know that they have a fabulous synagogue that's completely disability enlightened nearby. But mm-hmm. maybe the synagogue didn't put it on their website, nobody told them, or no them one about told it. them, right? So what's happening is we're working with synagogues to create. Uh, inclusion committees within their shoals, or if they already have an inclusion committee, uh, to really work with them to maybe put together projects uh, that they haven't done before that maybe they would want to. So we're not going into synagogues and saying, hey, we're Yahad and we think you need to do this, this, right. this, and this. What we are is this. Yachad is an agency full of disability professionals. We are asking Orthodox shoals to utilize us as a resource mm-hmm to help them really become truly inclusive. So
0: what have we done to put out the information.
1: Sure. Um, there have been, uh, 15 shuls that have been invited. So right now we are in the process of working with them. Most of them are signed on. Um, but that will all be announced officially a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you're
0: getting a preview
1: here, everyone. Yes. So, for example, one shul um, that is fantastically disability inclusive. They're absolutely amazing. Um, they're going to put up on their website that we would, if you have a disability, please, you are welcome here. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, another thing that we're going to do is they're bringing us in to work with their staff on sensitivity training. So we're going to work with ushers on sensitivity training and security guards and um, some of the secretarial staff on really um, being disability inclusive. Uh, another shul is inviting Dr. Lechman, our international director, mm-hmm. to come in in Naim, uh, which is North American Inclusion Month, which is every February, to come in and um, give the Devar Torah on disability. Um, plus, there are sporting events. Um, we're helping one synagogue that used to have a uh, really functional um, disability inclusion committee. It's been sort of out of commission for about five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting the members to come back and to, to reform it as
0: pick an up advisory. Where they left yeah, off. pick
1: where they left off and get some initiatives done. Right. And the thing is, look, it doesn't have to cost any money. Like right. I ha- will do anything on a budget. I really will. I am a master at budgeting. I'm a social worker. I worked in the hospital field right. um, in the hospital, you know, business, which you have to really, really watch, you mm-hmm. know, long range fiscal planning. So we would never suggest that a synagogue do something they can't afford. As a matter of fact, I bet you that I can get your synagogue to become disability inclusive for no money whatsoever, <laughs> or bare minimum. Or if your shul has the money wants to spend some, fantastic, you know? Right. So it's, uh, it's quite exciting. I,
0: I actually had the experience years ago. Um, I was uh, When I was more or less a newlywed, I was invited to be on the board of the shul that I davened in, and it was an old shul, and it was a beautiful building, and had a lot of steps. And the pre- the president um, during that two year period um, really wanted to make it his mission to put in an elevator. Wonderful. And unfortunately, it never happened. Mhm. And it was it was a discussion that really went back and forth and back and forth. Obviously, the expense was tremendous.
1: Oh sure, I mean putting in an elevator is but huge. It,
0: it was it was yeah, and, it, and it's an old building too. So it was there were all sorts of. Things to keep in mind about this project, but the point is that it doesn't all have to be that. In this particular right. shul, that would probably be the biggest, best, most important thing they could do. But most shuls probably that's not the case.
1: Yeah, exactly. And look, if even if your your shul is not accessible, some are, some aren't mm-hmm. in terms of physical accessibility. We're not really talking about that. What we're talking about is attitudinal accessibility. Mm-hmm. What does your does your 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 surrounding neighborhood know that? That dis- persons with disabilities are welcome, um, it really all has to do with changing attitudinally and if a rabbi uh, can say, yes, you know, we really need to make ourselves more disability inclusive. Um, that's really where it comes from. And then let's get people together, uh, from these inclusion committees, uh, whatever they look like, to really go out into the community and actively seek out people who have disabilities or, you know, sometimes parents are afraid, look, I, I, I don't want to bring my child to shul. We went to shul twice and my child, you know, uh, was have, you know, had a tantrum or was acting out or something happened and everyone stared at us and we just left and we couldn't go back mm-hmm. again. Like, that's not cool. That is right. so not okay for a shoulder to to just let that slide. You need to go out there and reach for people also um, so something simple as this: instead of seating people with wheelchairs in the back, why not put people with wheelchairs in the front? Putting people in the back automatically. Relegates them to a second-class status, and that's not okay. It's just not. It's not fair.
0: Do you think somebody hearing that suggestion, somebody perhaps in the disabled community, would say to you, "But wait, but then we sort of, I might feel like oh, everybody's staring at me. Everybody's looking at me." It's
1: a question of personal choice. If the person wants mm-hmm. to sit in the back, go for it. But I don't want people to make assumptions
0: that they belong in the back. Yeah,
1: they belong in the back. Absolutely. Look, fighting. For disability inclusion, sort of in, in secular community has also been extremely hard. Um, for example, um, Lincoln Center. Mm-hmm. When Lincoln Center was built, it was a fortress of steps. A f- and this was the, the cultural center of New York City. And so people with disabilities wanted to go there and see the opera or see a play. And guess what? They, they couldn't get in. It, but if you did go in and you were on crutches and then you were able to get in a wheelchair and get in there, um, they, you would be met with saying, well, you can't go in. It's a fire hazard, which, by the way, was totally wrong. and I know someone this happened to who mm-hmm. went, who was using a walker and then switched to the wheelchair, yeah. and they said, you can't come in. Um, so what happened was it took 20 years of litigation, protests, and I kid you not, street riots, to get Lincoln Center. Street, street, street riots. Street riots, yes. Taking over of 6th Avenue happened, uh, actually, during the transit strike in New York.
0: Yeah. Remember the
1: transit strike in the... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah actually, no, it was... Um, the oil, the oil uh, strike in uh, remember in the 70s, like with you, you had the even an odd license plates. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the, there were no exemptions made for people with disabilities, which was really wrong. So people right. with disabilities took to the street and protested. Right. Actually, really? not that far from Lincoln Center. But what happened with Lincoln Center is, you know, it took 20 years to do. And they finally fitted the building, except they left three steps in the front. It's like wah oh. wah. Okay, but that's 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 sort of on a colossal scale. What we're is focusing wow. on is the synagogue level, right? And look, it's a synagogue. Synagogues are not Lincoln Center. Mm-hmm. At least mine isn't. <laughs> you right. know, and um, you know, there's really easy ways to to make things accessible. For example, you have a box of kippot. Mm-hmm. How about moving it to a table that's at the height for someone who is a small person, or right. is in a wheelchair? Right. Right.
0: Or, or a rack of a you know simple place to get a talus.
1: Absolutely, so, like Michel, yeah. for, uh, for example, has a rack. Um, that goes, it's, well, it's you know, floor to ceiling. Mm-hmm. So anyone of any height or oh, weight can get it. Okay. Um, but there's really, really easy ways to do this. And so, what we're doing is we've hand-selected shoals that we know to be disability-inclusive or mm-hmm. that we know have the potential to become disability inclusive. And we're working with them on small, measurable, and doable in- initiatives. These are not like, we're not asking one to retrofit, although that would be nice. We're not asking that. Right. And so, over the course of the next year, we will help the shoals really get th- get things moving um, and really add maybe to their already one wonderful disability services, and then after a year, you know, we're going to see where things are at with mm-hmm. all the movements. And look, all the other right. movements are doing the same thing, with their own shuls. Right. Um, but we also did something else incredibly historic with um, with Hinenu, which is, we noticed that none of the stripes, none of the movements, have on their websites um, disability resources for rabbis. Because, look, if we're asking all these rabbis to make the shuls accessible, we've got to help out here, you right. know? There's Give gotta, them the information. Exactly. So we realized none of the websites have that so for the first time, we got together. We authored um, disability resources for rabbis. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I did is for Orthodox rabbis. The Reform uh, movement did one for Reform, rabbi, uh, for reform rabbis, etc. Mm-hmm. And then on the same day, we all. Release them. release them on the websites. And so now, if you're a rabbi, if you're a lay leader, if you're someone in a shul who just wants to sort of figure out maybe how to make your synagogue more uh, accessible, go on to the OU website, go on to Community Services, scroll down, and you will see Hinenu, um, and then if you click on that, you will see a Resources for Rabbis Guide to Help Out with Inclusion. So this That's is all fantastic. pretty historic stuff, you know?
0: That is fantastic. Our guest is Deborah Berman. She's the Director of Social Work for Yaha, the National Jewish Council on Disabilities, My name is Mayor Fertig, I'm the Chief Communications Officer of the Orthodox Union, and you're listening to the OU presents the Jewish Reaction on the Nahum Siegel Network. You could listen uh, anywhere you want, anywhere in the world on NahumSiegel.com. We also have podcasts. Go to the website for information about how you can uh, download uh, and arrange a podcast of this program uh, to be listened to at your leisure. If you can't listen live. And, uh, thank you very much for tuning in however you're doing that on this sixth day of Hanukkah. And uh let's uh conti- let's put our conversation on hold for a moment and we'll do some uh we'll play some music and we'll come back and continue this discussion of Yachad and uh, its services to the Jewish community. Let's hear from the Maccabees, the Yeshiva University Maccabees and Candlelight on the Nachum Siegel network. Tell, 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 yeah.
2: of Maccabees in Israel, hell, Yeah, when the Greeks tried to assail, sell, 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 sell yeah. But it was all to no avail, val, 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 val. Yeah, yeah, the war went on and on and on until the mighty Greeks were gone. Yeah, I put my lockers in the air sometimes, saying, EO, spin the dreidel. Just want to celebrate for all eight nights, singing, like light a candle. Field. Their rivals thought, are they for
3: real, 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 real? Those Maccabees they never yield, yield,
2: yield, yield. They charged ahead with sword and shield, 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 shield. Yeah, yeah, the war went on and on and on. Until the mighty Greeks were gone, yeah. I put my lockers in the air sometimes, saying it. Dreadle. Just wanna celebrate for all late nights Sing it, Light the candle We say my own
0: the Maccabees with Candlelight. This is the OU Presents the Jewish Reaction, and you're listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's the sixth day of Hanukkah. My name is Mayor Fertig. I'm the Chief Communications Officer of the OU, and uh, my guest is Deborah Berman, the Director of Social Work at Yachad and the National Jewish Council on Disabilities. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. Um, I just wanted to tell you that, uh, to stay tuned, because in about... Ten minutes or so, 10 or 15 minutes, we're going to give away another kosher lamp to uh, an emailer to, uh to uh, Miriam Wallach, who is the uh, general manager of the Nachum Siegel Network. So that's coming up. We're going to give away a, uh, a real kosher lamp made by Kosher Innovations. Uh, don't be fooled by cheap imitations, they tell me. We have the real McCoy to give away. So that's exciting. Uh, we'll do that in a little while here on the OU Presents the Jewish Reaction. Uh, Deborah, we've been talking about Hinenu. We've been talking about Yachad in general. I know there are a, a number of other things. There are always things going on in Yachad. It's uh, I can tell you, uh, sort of in, inside baseball. I won't get into great detail, but as the person who runs the communications department at the OU, a lot of what communications folks do is service all the programmatic departments, Yachad, NCSY, et cetera, et cetera, and a tremendous amount of the bandwidth, the attention and focus of our department is devoted to supporting Yachad, and it's growing and growing and growing. So that tells me that Yachad is growing and growing and growing, and that's amazing.
1: Yes, it really is growing. Look, when I was an intern at Yachad um, some years ago, Mm -hmm. there were three interns in the entire agency. What's really great for me is, as the director of social work, when I took the job, I also got to be the coordinator of the intern program, which is super exciting, because I've been there, I've done it, and so Mm -hmm. it makes sense. Now we have just in the New York New Jersey area alone before mind you there were 3 before music. right now just in New York and New Jersey we have about 35 interns s- interns That's psychology yes yeah, psychology art therapy social work mental health counseling um and and other uh, disciplines as well so it's things are really growing and it's uh it's there's a lot of action going on
0: that's really really incredible oh yeah 35 just in the New York area yeah mm-hmm. And Yachad is not just in the New York area.
1: No, look, Yachad is a has been around for 30 years. We've mm-hmm. been on the cutting edge of disability inclusion in the Jewish world for for three decades. Um, we are all over the world. We have chapters and offices all across the U.S. and mm-hmm. in Canada and in Israel. Right. Um, so if you're in an area and you wonder, do I, is there a chapter or an office near me? You can absolutely contact me, Deborah Berman, director of social work at Yachad, and I will link you to your nearest chapter. So we're we're really everywhere, and our service is uh, we have special needs uh, yeshiva we have um, family um, support services we have vocational training in a vocational department which is just off the hook it's wonderful um, <laughs> you know we have a counseling um, we have uh, 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 really pretty much anything you could want we have social programming for all age groups I mean we have hundreds of Shabatones every year and then in hundreds 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 That's of amazing. Shabb- it's really it, it's every weekend there's multiple Shabbaton's uh, mm-hmm. for Yachad going on all across the uh, across the globe, so it's really quite exciting. Um, and okay. in May we have our big family Shabbaton where we basically take over a resort in the Catskills um and I was there last year yeah, the it was wonderful. there were about 800 people there
0: amazing really one of the most incredible experiences i've had
1: yeah and it's individuals with disabilities mm-hmm. uh, and f- their families come and it's really a weekend of of friendship and support mm-hmm. and learning and there's classes to attend and um you know question and answer sessions to attend and support groups to attend i run uh support groups for parents um and i also you know Sometimes people live very far away, and they don't. And they may not live in an area that has much in the way of, you know, Jewish centered counseling. Right. So what I will do, starting, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon until two o'clock at night, I'll see couples back to back to back to back for sessions um, to help them um, around uh, raising a child with a disability. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. So it's really exciting.
0: It's remarkable.
1: It's it's something.
0: You know, you mentioned OU in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be one of the subjects of conversation, everyone, when uh, Nahum Siegel is in Israel. Next week, uh, he'll be doing JM in the AM live from the OU Israel Center on Monday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, OU A uh, Yahad in Israel will be one of the subjects of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Yoel Sturman, right? Yes,
1: my colleague.
0: Yoel will my be one colleague. of the one of the guests on that program that morning.
1: Have you met him before? And
0: I have not. I'm looking forward to He's it. We've tremendous. been emailing
1: yeah.
0: um, as as we're setting this up. Um, so be sure to tune in for that, and uh, just mark your calendar because Monday morning is the start of Nahum's next trip to Israel, and uh, the OU Israel Center will be the site of his first big broadcast from Israel. J.M. and the A.M. coming. To you from the Israel Center, and if you're in Israel, by the way, feel free to drop by 1 p.m. Uh, counting for the time difference. 1 p.m. at the OU Israel Center at 22 Karen Hayisod in Jerusalem, and we are uh, we'd be more than happy to see you there. I can't promise we'll have any food for you or anything, but uh, we'd certainly uh, be happy to see your smiling face. And if you'd like to come see uh, come see how a radio show is put together, uh, you are more than welcome to join us. And uh, watch as Nachum Siegel presents JM in the AM live from the OU Israel Center next Monday. And for everyone who's not in Israel, again, that's, of course, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time uh, on the radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 of the Catskills, 91.9 FM in Rockland County, and at jm and at nahumsiegel.com. So let's continue our conversation with Deborah Berman. And uh, we are we were. Talking about uh, all the different uh, areas that that Yahad is uh, is active in, one of them is Washington D.C.
1: Oh yes, policy. Uh, look, Yahad really is a direct service, community-based mm-hmm. uh, organization, but there is some focus as well on policy uh, that is pro um, disability inclusion, and that's really what we're about. So for me, okay. I live, I breathe, I sleep. Policy mm-hmm. um, in Washington for pro disability. Um, there, this is a, a, a very strange time, um, and there's a lot up in the air in both in the state and federal levels in terms of how does the country feel about people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Some people um, may, you know, some on the Hill may say, well, you know we've really done a lot in the disability for disability inclusion, and we don't have any more to do or we don't want to do anymore. Um, and Pe- there are other people. People say that? Yeah.
0: We've done what we're going to do, and that's it. Let them they be say, happy with what they, they got. They
1: say, well, look, I'm not going to say who it was, but I wasn't told by one senator, what more do you want us to give to those people? Those people. Oh, yeah. And I'm a good Southern girl, so i minded my manners. Um, and I said, well, thank you very much. Um, I, I think that's incredibly offensive. But I said so very nicely, because I'm a southerner. We say everything very, very sweetly. Right. So. That's, that's very, that's, that's really remarkable. But look, it happens. Like, and this, I I wasn't shocked. I was not shocked because people still don't know how to feel about disability. Mm -hmm. There is still all sorts of, um, you know, cultural indications of disability inclusion as a long way to go. For example, look, who's the bad guy in a lot of sci-fi and animated films? Somebody who's physically different, Mm -hmm. right? right? Right. So it's right. really ingrained, you know. If you look That's at right. yeah, it's like it's it's unfortunate. Um,
0: we just uh, we just put up an article on uh, on ou.org did we just put it up or we're about to uh, we just put it up I think uh, an interview a profile of Richard Bernstein mm. who's an attorney he happens to have been blind from birth and he is a marathon runner he does Ironman uh, triathlons wow um, he was uh, one of the runners in the Miami Marathon representing Yahad yes. a couple of weeks ago and uh, no, not a couple of weeks ago I it think it
1: would, would have been earlier this year right right
0: so no I think it might, might be coming up I'm getting my timeline mixed yeah, up yeah the I marathon is coming up yeah it's coming up
1: I gotta tell you, I will not be running in that. Mm-hmm. I will probably be sitting on my couch cheering others on. <laughs> i I'm, uh, policy is my thing, right. not sports. So, right, so he, <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes, same here. <laughs>
0: right, so I, I misspoke. He hasn't done it already. He's, I believe he's going to be. But he's also, he's spoken for Yachat on a number of occasions. He's a remarkable guy. But, uh, this article by Bela Sheva Brenner, who's the senior writer for the Orthodox Union, uh, she, she quotes him as saying, uh, talking about his trip to, I think, somewhere in the former Soviet Union. And he talks about how remarkable it is that he's there because, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago where somebody like him, quote unquote, really just wouldn't have been able to. Be part of society at all. You know, somebody like that would just sort of be put away.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And look, I uh, uh, not that long ago, I was in Spain. I'm on faculty of an institute in in Spain, and I was in Barcelona, and I was there with this is a couple of years ago when we started going there when I was because mm-hmm. I teach there and. um my husband and I were walking around Barcelona, which is a beautiful city, just beautiful. And, you know, we we, we threw our bags into the hotel and mm-hmm. immediately got started, you know, walking around. Right. And we saw lots of people in wheelchairs. We went into um, just, you know, we walked into a store and persons with developmental challenges are just working in the stores. And we thought because, you know, we thought, oh, maybe we're near some sort of a, an institute or some sort of a program. No, it, it, disability inclusion in Barcelona is remarkable. Every subway stop is accessible. There's no question. The way they're structured, it's the norm. Exactly. People who have uh, developmental challenges just they work. It's not, it's not, it's not anything out of the ordinary. And my husband, who is a disability historian, actually. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, yes, and his father was the uh, founder of the uh, mayor's office for persons uh, with disability in New York City. His really? father, yeah. His parents were the really pioneers of the New York City disability movement. So really, it's in the family. That's fascinating. Yeah, dinnertime conversations really are very, very right. intense at my house. Yeah. Um, you Talking
0: know. about work again. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my,
1: yes, my stepdaughter rolls her eyes at us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very but, uh, funny
1: but look i'm saying like some some places you know just culturally it it fits in but um you know it's still in, in i think in the u.s it's really unfortunate that um you know i think the two words that i think i would use are the disabled are seen by s- certain corners as either evil or invisible so you look evil as like the evil characters darth vader Right?
2: Mm-hmm. He's right. the
1: evil bad guy. Why did he become evil? Because he became disabled. Right. You see, and that happens over and over again. Um, I was watching, uh, a James Bond film not that long ago, and the reason why the bad guy was so bad is because he has a hidden disability. I'm like, come mm-hmm. on! At that point, I-, I It's the guy
0: in the wheelchair stroking the cat. Uh,
1: he know? just- No, that's right. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. of that one, but that- yeah. that is another one. If you look at the Bond right. villains, there are also some physically right. different, right? Right. Um, so, you know, but- and- and look, it's this- the sentiment, of course, lives in all corners, and Mm -hmm. it's our job to really look at policy on the state and federal levels and go to Washington, D.C. with our Yachad members, which we do every single year, um, and some of our high school students who are involved in um, in Yachad as volunteers. Mm -hmm. We go to Washington, and look, we teach our members and we teach high school students how to lobby on Capitol Hill for disability inclusion. And it's super exciting because it's not about Republican. It's not about Democrat. It's not about liberal conservative. Everybody is a member of the disability party. And that is where we're going. We'll meet with people from all from all corners. And that's right. fine. And it's so right now, you know, we're really focusing uh, for the last year and a half or so on the ABLE Act, which is a piece of legislation so close to my heart. I can't even tell you. Um, okay, so I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but if you are, have a disability and you are on disability, um, the most amount of money you can have at any one time in your bank account is, get this. You ready? Yeah. You ready? $2,000. $2,000. $2,000. You can only have $2,000 to your name. If you have more than that, you lose your benefits. What? I mean, that's ridiculous. Wow. Two, it's incredible. So look, what the ABLE Act does is, um, you know how people save up for college for their kids? Mm-hmm. There's the tax-deferred, sure. you know, savings Counts. plan. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the same concept, but for people who have disabilities. So when children with disabilities who may not be college-bound uh, grow up and go into adulthood – Instead of being relegated to sitting around at home and not being part of mainstream society, because right. if they make more than $2,000, they can't work. You're basically forced right. to stay home. It's ridiculous.
0: You can't earn any money.
1: No, you can't earn any money, or you're hiding money, and you mm-hmm. live in fear. It's right. not right. Um, so what happens, Not to mention
0: you're breaking the law.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly, which right. you really don't want to do. Um, and so uh, what happens is the ABLE Act instead proposes the same way kids who are going to college, typical kids who are going to college, have money saved this is an account for people with disabilities so when they grow up they can enter the workforce and participate in the agora and be part of of life you can use the money for seeing eye dog mm-hmm. for assistive technology for transportation for a para maybe to go to work with you right. um also if you're not working also I mean, have a full life. Go out and do things. What if you want to take art classes? Uh, what if you want to do participate to be a volunteer and you need um, uh, some, a para to go with you or some sort of assistive devices? This is where the money goes. So what happens in essence is this $2,000, which I think is ridiculous, mm-hmm. the $2,000 limit suddenly becomes... $100,000 because typical kids, the limit for that account is $100,000.
0: So, so parents home? could save yeah. for a child who has a disability and yes. put away money for them with no up, fear of penalty.
1: Correct, up to $100,000. Right. Um, that doesn't mean you're, you're going to have $100,000 in there at all times, right. but that means the limit goes in but essence... But a family
0: of greater means could put aside more correct. money.
1: Right, exactly. Right. Or friends, you know, if, if a family doesn't have much means, um, friends and other relatives can put money into the account. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who does. Right. So we're talking about a radical shift in disability inclusion that's true inclusion. True inclusion. Absolutely. To be a part of the workforce, to be part of consumer society, to be part of the, of the mainstream culture. And this has to happen. It so has you, to. So
0: you've been going to Capitol Hill, I assume, in partnership with OU Advocacy yes. for, for how long?
1: Uh, on this particular bill, two years. -hmm. Two years. Um, it's coming up to the floor again in February.
0: Really?
1: So my sleepless nights have started, quite frankly, really, because this, um, it's been tied up in some tax reform, uh, stuff right now. So we're really hoping that this, that this can pass. And look, it's a tax-free account. Um, and, you know, I think some people can argue, you know, reasonable people can argue, look, it's a money-losing thing because you aren't being taxed on it. Right. Which I get. My argument to the contrary, is you're going to have a generation of people and a generation and another generation of people mm-hmm. who can participate in consumer society. The money goes back into society. You have people living fuller lives and working and contributing. And that's really all anybody wants. Look, I have traveled the world. I have, I have met people from all different religions and cultures and ideologies. And I think really the thing that everyone has in common across, across all demographics is they want to be useful.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: And really, the ABLE Act mm-hmm. can really make that happen. So it just it just has to happen.
0: Very interesting. All right, well, good luck with that. Thank you. Good luck. Our guest is Deborah Berman. She is the Director of Social Work for Yaha, the National Jewish Council on Disabilities. My name is Mayor Fertig. I'm the Chief Communications Officer of the OU, and you're listening to The OU Presents the Jewish Reaction on the Nachum Siegel Network. It is the sixth day of Hanukkah. We've got some more Hanukkah music coming up. One of my favorite songs. First, though, let's give away something. Who doesn't want to be part of a giveaway, right? Do you have your computer in front of you or your phone or your tablet or something with email, a hammer and chisel? Uh, we're going to give away a second kosher lamp, and uh, we're going to do it to emailer number three to Miriam at com. Miriam at com, And we're going to give away... One of the real kosher lamps. This is the only one real kosher lamp for Shabbos. It's made by Kosher Innovations. So don't be fooled by cheap imitations. We have the real McCoy to give away. Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. Emailer number three is the winner. So you're listening to the Nahum Siegel Network, and let's continue with Gershon Veroba and Haneros.
3: Halla lua nachnu madlikin Al sim ve flows ve chuos ve alla milchamos shea si bayamim haim bazman haze hane rose hala lua madlikin al ha sin ve Alhani ha ni fla al ve bayamim al yi de ne khoshman Yemei ye meihanu kah ane raz halal Rishus
2: de shem bey manu wish
3: namesh ba ham the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus I'm
0: Love that song, Gershon Vorobah with Haneros. Uh, that's actually the song that my family sings uh, when we light menorah. And I was pleasantly surprised when we had guests the other night to discover that they do it also. So I was kind of shocked, actually. Anyway, Gershon Verobu with Haneros. You're listening to The OU Presents, The Jewish Reaction on the Nahum Siegel Network. My name is Mayer Fertig. Our guest is Deborah Berman. She's the Director of Social Work for Yachad. Yachad, the National Jewish Council on Disabilities. We only have a minute or two left, Deborah, but there was one other program I just wanted to touch on. It's uh, something that you use to educate others
1: yeah, absolutely. Yahad has great relationships with other agencies and other organizations, and we're very proud of, of fostering inclusion not only within sort of our membership, mm-hmm. but in the membership of other other organizations. And so what we do is uh, twice a year we hold a continuing education conference for practitioners um, in disabilities. That could be psychotherapists, psychologists, special education teachers, um, paras, any type of direct practice mm-hmm. or direct service uh, person, case manager. And so uh, what we do is we get together. It's completely free. Of charge, it's a courtesy to the community uh, where we get together and we offer trainings on clinical uh, clinical skills, right. um, vocational skills um, in terms of working with clients uh, on improving uh, the vocational readiness. Uh, we also talk a lot about supporting families and helping uh, helping them. Get the services that need. Case management is super important, right. of
0: course. So, if somebody wants to sign up for this or reserve a place, how do they do
1: that? Uh, if they want to sign up for this or to reserve a place, they should actually email me mm-hmm. or give me a call. So, my email is That's bermand at ou.org. That's B E R M A N D at org. Or you can just give me a call at my direct number, which is 212 613 8172.
0: 8172. Okay. So, now do the email address and phone number one more time as if you were doing a voiceover.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to do with a straight face. <laughs> If you're interested in learning more about this educational opportunity brought to you by Yachad, National Jewish Council for Disabilities, please call the following number, 212-613-8172.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't. I'm a respectable social worker. Absolutely, you don't do voiceovers <laughs> I anymore. I don't. I don't.
0: Very good, Deborah Berman. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Great. It's really been a pleasure to be here. I've had a great time. Thanks so much. <laughs>
0: thank you, Deborah Berman, the director of social work at Yachad. And my name is Mayor Ferdig, the Chief Communications Officer of the Orthodox Union. You've been listening to The OU Presents, the Jewish Reaction on the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's close with a golden oldie. Here's Mordechai Ben David with Al Hanisim on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great Hanukkah.
2: Allah gave Allah gave we all had a shubon, we all had a flaho. Al Hanifim, Al Al